Welcome to Junior to Senior, the podcast for ambitious devs who want to take their career to the next level. I'm your host, David Gutman. Today, I'm joined by James Hush. James, welcome to the show. Nice. Thanks for having me, David. I'm excited. It's a brand new morning here in Taiwan. <laughs> I think it's like two o'clock in the morning or midnight for you somewhere. No, in Los no, no. It's, uh, it's only seven, but uh, okay. I really, really appreciate you uh, joining. So um, for folks who are just meeting you for the first time, I, can you share a little bit about your background, who you are, what you do? Sounds good. So my name's James Hush. I'm leading engineering over at Remo, we do video, uh, we do live video conferencing. So not like Zoom, where it's more focused on the one-on-one, but uh, we provide a platform that allows people to do large-scale events. So imagine doing like CES over the internet. So obviously, right now there's a really big market for that because <laughs> everyone's <laughs> working from home. So that's been really fun. Before I was working at Remo. Uh, I was living and working in Los Angeles for about six years. That's where I met you, David. I started by mm -hmm. working at a startup called Go Guardian. Early, early, early stage. I shared a bedroom with the CEO and the CTO. <laughs> I joined before we even had an office. So I kind of like lived that Facebook social network movie for the first few months when I was in Los Angeles. And then from there, I went to the NFL as part of the team that delivered the new NFL.com homepage. And uh, I was in charge of accessibility for the NFL homepage, <laughs> which beforehand, you'd have to hit tab about 32 times before you could get to any content. And then afterwards, you could find like the latest football news without tapping through every single score that happened at the top if you were on a screen reader. And oh, afterwards, really important. Yeah. And afterwards, I was working at System One, which is an ad tech company in Los Angeles. Uh, with my previous boss from NFL on uh, sites like MapQuest.com, uh, HowStuffWorks.com, and Info.com, different search engines. And I was leading the browser extension team there. So changing the world, making browser extensions that would <laughs> change the default search engine. <laughs> oh, my God. But it was fun. It was really fun. Really good people. And yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say, System One is one of those country uh, countries companies that a, a lot of people listening to this show will not have heard of. But it's one of those tech companies that just the scale is so much Insane. larger than you would believe, and the technical challenges that you get to deal with, and. And uh, that's kind of why I personally love ad tech in general, is mm -hmm. it just really lets you, it really gets, uh, lets you play with a scale and uh, technical problems that you just wouldn't be able to in, in other areas. And it can be a lot of fun. Um, and you look, I mean, the mission is just so uh, inspiring to serving people ads. Uh, I'm just, I'm kidding. <laughs> that is probably the, the downside. Um, but the technical stuff is, it's fantastic. You learn, you learn a lot. Um, yeah. How long were you at, at system one? I was, I was at system one for two and a half years. It's kind of crazy to think about. It's, <laughs> it's crazy to think about. I started talking about seven years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> yeah. So it's fine. Yeah. So, um, you know, on that, on that topic, like how, how did you decide to, to follow that, path like what was it about go guardian that was interesting to you back then so pre pre go guardian i was 
working as an intern for Microsoft in Silicon Valley. And so I'm originally from Canada. And the way it kind of works in Canada is you spend five years to get your undergrad instead of four, but you do about 16 months worth of internships while you're going to school. Uh, that's why like a lot of, you'll see a lot of people from University of Waterloo uh, mm-hmm. in like Silicon Valley and stuff because they're graduating with, like 16 months of experience. Um, so when I applied for the Microsoft internship, I already had 12 months of like working at a power company, working at uh, an alcohol company, uh, Pernod uh, Ricard, uh, that does like absolute vodka and working at like a tool and die company as like the only engineer, uh, <laughs> as the only engineer. Uh, but uh, from there, I got, I got into Microsoft and I was like surrounded by these crazy smart people, like, like next level smart people. It was, and like being in the heart of Silicon Valley coming from Canada, I was like, holy cow, this is, this is nuts. Like <laughs> this, is, this is the real deal. And I, at first I had like huge imposter syndrome. I'm like, these guys are from MIT. Mm-hmm. Like I'm from University of Windsor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone's, everyone always asks like, oh, you're from Canada? You're from New Waterloo? I'm like, mm, no. <laughs> 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 and so I, was, I would joke around uh, because people would always ask what school I was from. So I'd always do a little inside joke. I, I always told people that I came from one of the top 40 schools in Canada. And so I would, I would say that, and they're like kind of impressed. And then uh, I said that in front of a guy who said from U Waterloo, and he's like, "Isn't there only forty schools in Canada?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Yep," <laughs> something like that. So I, that was that was always a funny joke. I would say with uh, whenever there's a Canadian in the room, like a little mm-hmm. inside joke there. Nice. Um, so that was the positive side. But while I was actually interning like at Microsoft, like my day-to-day work uh, wasn't particularly any more complicated than what I was doing in like my hometown. Mm-hmm. And actually like day-to-day, the engineering was almost like like less interesting than some of the stuff I was doing even at the alcohol company. Mm-hmm. And so I always had like this, I wanted to do that hashtag startup life like thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so when I came back, uh, to Canada after interning at Microsoft. Uh, my original plan was to go back to like Los Angeles, Silicon Valley. <laughs> but as, as you usually do when you're in your early 20s, I was dating a girl <laughs> and, she uh. didn't want, and she didn't want to go to San Francisco. But we were both musicians. And so in the back of my head, I always wanted to go to Los Angeles too to like try to be a rock star. So I told her, I'm like, okay, instead of going to SF, I'll just start applying for jobs in Los Angeles. And then if this whole tech career doesn't work out for me, I can always fall back and be a rock star. (laughs) (laughs) Right, that's a good sensible fallback. I like that. Sensible fallback. Uh, And so uh, she's like, sure. And so that's how I ended up in Los Angeles. I found GoGuardian through Hacker News. I'm going to talk about Hacker News later on this too. I found GoGuardian through the Hacker News Who's Hiring thread. Uh, Advite, the CTO at the time, I think he's the CEO now. I just posted and I sent him an email directly. And <laughs> I remember, I remember like they, they interviewed me really fast, like within like six hours of me responding. I remember that. And then I remember hanging up the phone for the phone screen. And then two hours later, them saying like, 
oh no, not even two, maybe an hour later that's them saying, okay, cool. Do you want to fly down to LA for like the final interview? And I'm looking at that email with some of the details. And they're like, oh, you can just stay at our place. I'm looking mm-hmm. at that email. I turned to my girlfriend at the time. And I said, I don't think these guys have an office. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, you sure? I'm like, yeah, I'm just getting this, I'm getting this vibe. I don't think they have an office. And they're like, well, she's like, well, they're paying for your flights, so they got some cash. I'm like, yeah, I guess they do. So I remember flying, to, getting to Los Angeles. So you weren't, you weren't worried that they were just looking for like an inexpensive kidney or something like that. Nah, <laughs> like it's whatever. <laughs> Obviously, I'm a bit more adventurous. I'm, I'm a bit more adventurous than your average person in Taiwan right now. It's <laughs> the same. So, yeah, I remember going after I picked me up with this car. I'm like, oh, this is fun. And then showing up to the apartment. And like, there's 10 people in this small, like, three or four bedroom apartment. I was like, oh, these guys are, this is, this is, this, this is a startup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, they like, gave me a salary. And uh, that was nice of them. Yeah, <laughs> they gave me a salary. Uh, they were able to uh, help me with some of the immigration stuff to get in the States. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I needed a job in order to get to the States. Yeah. And it was like a fun startup at the time. We were using cutting edge technology, uh, Node version 0.10. <laughs> so uh, that's how I ended up there. And so I was always, I always liked the small startup kind of vibe. And think that's yeah, it sounded, because... sounded like uh, when you're talking about Microsoft, there are, there are things about large tech companies that, that, weren't particularly interesting like that that you do have an affinity for for smaller companies what is it that you like about about smaller tech companies or startups i think it's i think it's because of my background being in like being in metal bands and being in bands being a musician i like the idea of there's like four or five people and you mm. just all lean on each other and there isn't a hierarchy mm. <laughs> so even though like the lead singer is very important it's still like he still can't sing, play guitar, play bass, and play keyboards at the same time. This just looks yeah. kind of dumb. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm I, just imagining the what are, what's the name of the musicians that have like the the drum on their back and the like, yeah. the cymbals between their knees and whatnot. It's just not a good look. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's not effective. So I like being able to lean on the other people, and I just like you can just grow the like the the kind of a curve you're going on from early stage company to like having a product to the market to pushing out features there's just a lot of low-hanging fruit features mm-hmm. you can hit on versus somewhere like a bigger company like system one which is great loved all the people there uh, we were at the phase where we're like optimizing tiny things and the tiny things are all really really important especially as you know in ad tech it's all tiny things well, tiny so, things at scale make a gigantic difference. Yeah. yeah, gigantic difference. So that's why uh, part of the reason I wanted to join another like uh, fast-growing startup was to get back to the big, bigger chunk features. Mm-hmm. Like some of the the features we're working on at Remo, all super fun UI kind of gimmicky stuff, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's all really important because yeah. we're still we're still growing. Uh, we're growing it down. So. I'm excited now because I've kind of seen what step 10 or 20 look like at system one. And now we're at step like three. Mm. 
at Remo. So I'm excited to be able to go from like the step two or three to step like 10 or 20. And so instead of just going from zero to one or going from step yeah. 500 to step 501. <laughs> oh, I like the way I like the way you put that. That's really interesting. So so now at Remo, you are you're doing a lot of hiring. You're doing like a lot of team building. You've already mentioned you prefer to be in, you know, uh, like a band team of five setting, but obviously you've got a much larger, a larger team. So how do you, how do you choose when you're looking for a dev? How do you choose that they're going to be a good, a good teammate or a good member of the band? So for the first while, so I did a little bit of hiring at System One. I wasn't a hiring manager, but I sat in on the interviews, and we were hiring like one person every three months. <clears throat> so I do an interview like once a month kind of deal, not too crazy. And I would always just ask like, uh, like a, a, a JavaScript question. So I'd like, I had two kind of go-to technical screen questions. One was uh, I opened up a code pen <clears throat> and asked them to make a uh, type ahead search box, like really simple in React. So when you type the word Apple uh, or you type the letter A, it would say like Apple or anything with the letter A in it. Oh, we were actually using the, the Rick and Morty API. So you could <laughs> type in R and you see Rick or you see Morty because there's an R in Morty kind of thing. So that kind of simple thing usually takes about half an hour, 35 minutes to do, and then a tell me about yourself section. Or another mm -hmm. question I have, it's about uh, like writing a function called parallel that takes in a list of functions and returns their value in the order. <clears throat> so that's, a classic like parallel JavaScript question to kind of see if you know about function scope and that kind of sort of thing. And when I was in my previous role and at the scale of hiring we were doing at System One, that kind of worked. So I'm like, okay, I think this is a good strategy. But now I'm at Remo, <laughs> we're hiring for a month and I'm in like the leadership position. I'm, there's already been a couple of candidates who like did great on like these little code challenge questions, but then they come in and sometimes they just, they'll be really bad at communicating. Uh, so what I mean by that is mm. uh, they'll get stuck, especially since we're a remote company, they'll get stuck on something and not tell anyone. That's the number one thing you should not do. <laughs> the main thing is if you get stuck and tell someone, then we can like, <clears throat> like move the work around, uh, give somebody else the task, maybe uh, give you give some uh, get the person who's stuck something smaller because there's plenty of work to do. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't really matter if you're having a tricky time uh, and there's a deadline for something with like mic and cam, for example, because we do video and you haven't done mic and cam stuff too much and you know there's a deadline, but you kind of don't like tell people that you're having a tricky time and you're trying to put all the work on yourself, that's worse than just coming to me and saying like, you know what, James, we thought this was going to take a week. I don't have a clue <laughs> what's going on here. <laughs> I got a feeling, <laughs> I got a feeling like yeah. this is way more complicated than I thought. Uh, can we like, can I get some help here? Because then I can go grab somebody who's worked on mic and cam stuff, have them help you. And so you get some of that cross training. We still get the feature out the door. And now you know a little bit more about the mic and cam thing. Or if it's a 
really tough deadline, pass it on to someone else and give you another another task that's like more normal vanilla React based. Mm-hmm. And then that's how and, and overall we get more work done that way. So that's what I'm trying been trying to figure out how to screen in interviews. Uh, that's hard. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I mean, because like, you, you can understand why a dev would would be nervous about about that. I mean, isn't that kind of admitting failure? Or on the other side, they don't want to bother you. They want to figure yeah. it out themselves. Like, how do you... So for our audience um, who might wind up in a situation like this, how do you know when's... Like, you, you know, you don't want to give up too quickly... So like how yeah. how can how can a listener tell like okay now is the time to to like go to my manager or the tech lead or something and, and say what's up? So th- that's a good point. That's actually I know a lot of people aren't fans of standups, but I, that's one of the reasons why I'm a, a fan of standups is because it gives you that like ten minutes every day to just say what you're working on. Uh, yesterday, what were you working on today and what were you stuck on? Because mm-hmm. <clears throat> just doing that, uh, usually a lot of times just like going through that exercise, you'll have like a coworker, not even necessarily a manager or tech leader or someone say like, oh, hey, like, hey, James, you've been stuck on this for like two days. Actually, I had a similar issue. Take a look at this file. Mm-hmm. Or that's usually enough where it's like, uh, a good manager or a good leader, even a good coworker can kind of, will be able to tell like, oh, you've been stuck on this for a couple of days. Let me reach in and help. <clears throat> so if you have, step one is hopefully you just have a good, <laughs> a good team around you, uh, which you can't really control, uh, unfortunately. Uh, so hopefully that helps there. But usually if you look at the task and kind of think about the task on a business perspective and kind of determine like how tight is this deadline? Like how important is it to hit this deadline? So there's a difference between uh, your manager goes to you and says, hey, this task is like, this task is important because we have a customer who's paying for it. <clears throat> and in the contract, it's due in the next four weeks. Uh, so I need you to like, take a look at this for the first couple of days and let me know like mm-hmm. where you're at with this. Usually a decent, even the, like a decent manager will do a good job communicating like urgency around something. And I'll even go like myself in particular will even go, if I see someone who's kind of like, uh, kind of been on the same thing for a few days, I'll reach out to them proactively <clears throat> to kind of give them an out because I, I know what you mean. I, it's trying to get rid of that culture of like admitting defeat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that that's kind of tricky around it. In yeah, general, I can imagine. Never, yeah. yeah, if you take yeah, general. like 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 as a dev, like to have something taken away from you because you weren't able to solve it, like that's got to yeah. be scary, right? Yeah, that can that can look bad. So I tr- I really really try to make sure that to kind of craft a story around it so it's not oh. James, uh, David took James's work away from him because James is stupid. <laughs> like I try, <laughs> I, tr- I try my best to make it like, oh, like David, uh, David's going to help James on this kind mm-hmm. of thing. In general, though, just err on the side. 
I'd much, much as a manager, I'd much rather you err on the side of asking for help too early, especially at a remote company, than err on the, and then being worried about bugging someone. Because mm-hmm. if you ask for help too early, the worst case scenario is I'll come to you and be like, hey, <laughs> I don't even think I've ever had to it's so, it's so much it's so much more <laughs> rare i think i think yeah. that's what everyone's afraid of and i think even as a manager you're like whoa you know i i my time is really stretched thin i don't really want people coming to me but it's it's so rare that that's that's unwelcome like that's kind of like exactly what your time is for like yeah for the love of god let me let me know if there's there's a problem early you brought up a really good point with the stand-up um, one of the, one of the things that we have, um, on one of, uh, my clients, uh, for the standup way that we do it is the daily question is, is like, okay, what, what do you plan to have completed by the end of the day? So one thing I will say is so important is got to break things up into really tiny things. Like it's not mm-hmm. like, if you really like, like it is such a problem, I think for, for junior developers to, <clears throat> I think it's really difficult, but it's something that's really worth um, getting better at is breaking things up into smaller chunks. If you if you find yourself thinking like, okay, today I'm going to work on X, like that's so not descriptive. Like there's no Mm -hmm. there's no difference in the universe uh, between the morning and the evening. Like, no, you working on something has not changed the state of the machine. It has no additional capabilities. It doesn't have any bugs fixed. It doesn't even have anything refactored. It it didn't it didn't accomplish anything. That's kind of, you know, it's the difference between saying like, oh, you know, I exercised or I did 100 push ups like, yeah, I exercised could mean anything. Well, mm-hmm. you know, I got up from my desk. I went, you know, I walked over to the kitchen. I went for a walk. You know, it's like, yeah, but did you really improve your health at all? Like by any kind of measurable amount? So that, you know, getting actionable about that is kind of the first step. And then the second <clears throat> is once you are getting actionable, it's like, okay, by the end of the day, I am going to, uh, you know, here's a really simple one. It's like, I'm going to change all of the, you know, the buttons on the front end from red to blue, you know, like by the end of the day, you could be like, all right, looking at the site, like are all the buttons, you know, now blue? Nope. Some of them are still red. Okay. I failed. You know, okay. Fails probably a strong word, but you know, it's accurate. And I think maybe the the main point is don't (laughs) feel, don't, don't fear failure. But if you get to the next day where you're like, okay, but today, seriously, you know, I know I didn't do it yesterday, but today for real, all buttons red to blue. And then if you don't do it again, and now you're on like day three, that's a really good time to have a conversation with someone because you have you have now shown like kind of twice that the problem is bigger than you thought it was. Like you thought it was a one day thing. And now you're on day three, which kind of means that this thing is it's a slippery fish and you probably need like a net or something, uh, some help. Um, so that, that's a really good framework. I think for anyone is get clear on what it is that you want to accomplish by the end of the day. And then the next day be really, uh, honest with yourself about whether or not you did it. And that's, it's not a problem if you don't do it. It just means that you probably have to be a little bit 
like you got to tone down your your uh, optimism and mm-hmm. reach smaller because you can also have the opposite problem. Like if every single day you're crushing it, it's like today I'm going to do one push up. Nailed it. Today I'm going to do one push up. Oh, I'm amazing. Like you're, you're yeah. not pushing yourself hard enough. You got to you got to hit some days where it's like, nope, wasn't able to do it. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And that's the your example of like setting being clear with your goals and breaking it up is so important because as like a manager a big 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 part of my job is communicating to non-technical people it's talking to the head of sales head of marketing uh ceo hr recruiters and they don't they don't care about <laughs> whether they can move <laughs> from left to right <laughs> like they don't they don't like they don't care or even understand that something's being held up by QA. Uh, mm-hmm. They only care. The only thing they truly see is UI changes on the website at the mm-hmm. end of the day. Yeah. <clears throat> and so if I can go to them and say like, oh, Dave, David's finished this chunk. Now he's done this chunk. Now he's done this. Or like as a whole team. Uh, and this is what I really express my team. And I'm my kind of like op. DevOps operations background helps a lot with this. As I've told everyone on the team, if we got the exact same amount of work done in a week, but only did one deploy, that makes engineering look quote unquote slower mm-hmm. than if we did the same amount of work, but deployed like once or twice every day. Mm-hmm. Because it's that feeling, even though before we did the deploy, we were moving our Jira tickets left to right the whole time. At the end of the day, the C, the CEO or like uh, the non-technical people aren't seeing progress made during the week, and so that makes people nervous. And <laughs> if the people get nervous, they start getting like they start getting kind of nosy, and yeah. that's when they start trying to kind of micromanage the engineering org outside. But mm-hmm. if we set up and we set up our like little defense, we play zone defense on engineering, and we have these automatic deploys going out and we have little progress going every day, then if I can go to this CEO and show them that, oh, you're part of a feature flag experiment now on Remo, uh, there's this, what's a feature I can say that's already out? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's this new feature, the red, like going back to the red and blue button. It's like, yeah. okay, I just added you to the feature flag, Hoyen. You, we now have the blue button theme instead of the red one. Mm-hmm. And then, but only, 20% of the site has blue buttons, so it's going to look ugly for the next Oh, yeah, dark mode. Days. There you go. Yeah, yeah. dark mode. Dark mode. Uh, it's, so don't be alarmed if you see anything wrong. But like, you're, this way you can see progress. Because I know dark mode is really important to you because the investor, that was a sticking point for them to give us like $100 million. Mm-hmm. And then what that buys me and buys the engineering team is now the CEO, instead of coming to me, and being like, oh, when is so-and-so going to be finished with dark mode? He, he'll he come to me and be like, oh, cool. There's more dark mode, I've noticed, on the mm-hmm. site. And then also what the feature flag allows me to do is tell everyone, like, hey, dark mode is quote-unquote done now. So everyone at Remo, I've just turned on dark mode for the entire Remo org. So anyone at Remo, we, we have a QA, we have a QA team looking at this too. But if you see any issues with dark mode, now is the time to talk about it because we're gonna start rolling it out to 10% of people in a week. And that just buys yeah. us as an org 
like all these different, instead of releasing a feature and it crashing for every single user, we've just released tiny chunks over a period of time. The non-technical people aren't worried <laughs> because uh, unfortunately engineering has <laughs> the, uh, I think engineering and contract, general contractors for houses is the only two career fields where you can promise something and not deliver <laughs> and people just kind of accept it. It's like the only <laughs> two places where people are like, oh, they said it would be done in a week and cost this much mm -hmm. money and it took a month and cost three times as much money and people mm -hmm. just kind of like ex expect that. Yeah. So anything we can do to change the narrative to set the smaller goals to if slash when we do quote unquote fail on something, uh, it's a small failure instead of like the whole site going down. That's really what I try to direct people towards. Yeah, because it, it provides a lot more opportunities for course correcting if that's, you know, what you actually need need to do. Also, kind of what you said before with the CTO, uh, CEO being able to see those small changes on their own, they can extrapolate. They can say, OK, yeah. it's on one page today. Oh, they got another two pages the next day, they got another two pages the next day. All right, well, there's, you know, 10 pages left. I can, I can imagine when this is complete. I don't need to bug yeah. anyone. Like it's heading in the right, it's heading in the right direction. Like I, I feel comfortable, but if it is on day zero, I don't see anything on day one. I don't see anything. I don't see on anything. day three, I don't see anything. Hey, hey, James, what's up with this? Oh, no, no, it's going great. It's going great. You know, so look, it, look, it, look at the Jira board over here. It's like, <laughs> I, it's like I don't even have Jira access. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it makes a big difference. And so, you know, taking this back down to the, the level of engineering, if you you are contributing to a project this way, you know, you might not think that that applies to you. But, you know, the pressure, if the pressure comes from the CEO to your manager, you you know dollars to donuts that pressure is going to wind up on you and you 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 got other things to do you don't you don't want to do that so that rhythm you know like you were saying uh james like that rhythm of progress is so so important, important. and understanding what progress means um is critical right so mm -hmm. so taking it back to like if you if you know that there are Let's just say you got, you know, 10 different things to 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 like finish a feature. And it's like, OK, well, I got to set up the the back end. Let's just say your responsibility span all these things or, you know, full yeah. stack. It's like, all right, well, I got to get the, the back end endpoint set up so the front end can hit it. But before the back end endpoint is set up, I got to, you know, get the table you know, working, you know, I got to do the migration on the database. And then on the front end, I got to create the the new route on the, you know, the, the, you know, the single page app. And then within that, oh, we need some like new form elements and, and whatever. If you, <laughs> if you were to get all of those things 90% done, and then like try and do like, or 99% done, and then like, do the last percent on all of them, like kind of at the uh. same time, you know, you, that's very different than like nailing one, then the other, then the other, then the other, then the other. You know, you have a choice in, in how you spend your time and how you spread out that progress. Like mm -hmm. the more, the faster you can complete subtasks that stand on their own and like more the continuously, the better. Yeah. And it's, 
it's I think a big part of it too is just taking ownership. Mm. Uh, that's the main thing. Uh, are you familiar with Jocko Willink? This like ex Navy SEAL guy. Uh uh-uh, uh. No. Oh, you'll love this guy. This is this crazy nuts ex Navy SEAL guy. He has a book called Extreme Ownership, mm-hmm. and <laughs> it's just about basically his whole thesis is uh, everything is your fault. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. 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 And so what I find a lot with engineers, uh, I get this a, a lot and it kills me. It's like, oh, uh, like it's done, but QA held it up. Or mm-hmm. it's done, but like it's it's not in production. It's in it's in like the stage environment. Yeah. I'm like and a very much I'm very much an attitude of like, oh, I finished my stuff, but then QA blocked it. Therefore, I, it's not my fault it didn't go out. And my rebuttal to that is, well, you didn't have to make this 10,000 line PR for QA. <laughs> <laughs> you, you yeah, have, yeah, yeah, you yeah. You put something out. So that's something I've been really trying to push. Right. It's like uh, you, you say, you say that it's 99% done, but I see 0% of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I I'm should a, be able to see 99% of it, but I, but I don't. So that's, that's oh, on you. I'm so glad that you brought- my machine. Oh it yeah, right. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's like how many developers does it take to screw in a light bulb? And it's like the you know light bulb works on my machine or whatever it is. But yeah. uh, um, I'm actually I'm really glad that you brought up that that ownership piece and the and the blocking right. Like I'm blocked mm-hmm. by QA. I actually just in the in the junior to senior community. Um, uh, I had a thread about this. I'm I'm starting to look. There's a lot of differences between junior devs and senior devs. Um, this is a question that I've asked a lot. In fact, uh, I feel like I'm close enough that I can talk about this. Is soon we're going to have a special uh, series where um, I've interviewed uh, some uh, and and gotten uh, responses from some really really fascinating people like. West Boss and Scott Hanselman um, mm. and Sarah Drasner and and one of the questions on there is is what's the difference between a junior and senior dev and I'm looking forward to putting putting out those those episodes because their answers are are really awesome but uh, for me personally one of the things that I'm thinking about a lot is this 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 theme that I've noticed with junior devs where they can let small things block them. And senior yeah. devs let almost nothing block them. So, for an example that I that I use a lot is if if you know you, dear listener, are a front end developer, something that may happen is you're responsible for creating, let's say, like a new form or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the destination for this form that you want to send that data to, that's an endpoint that the back end team is responsible for. And so, what might happen is you might tell your manager, like, no, 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 I haven't started that yet. I'm still waiting on the back end team to, to create wow. that, that endpoint. Um, and that might sound like a very sensible thing. But what's happening here or what your manager is hearing is, wow, you just, you'll let anything block you. And it's like, nope, can't do it because, you know, of over there. Whereas a senior engineer, they, they're like, they don't care. It's like, yeah. okay, the back end, the back end <clears throat> team hasn't done it yet, but. I know in a perfect universe that may not exist, this is the data that I'd get from the back. This is the response I'd get. This is the this is the format that they would accept it in because this is easiest for me and this makes the most sense for the application. And 
I can just come up with all of this stuff on my own. I can imagine the ideal situation and I'm just going to act as if that's true. And I don't care if it's not because I can just change it. Mm -hmm. You know, I can just be paid to work more on this problem. Like the idea, I think that's kind of it too. It's like a lot of junior developers like abhor the idea of, of wasted effort or like what they feel is working on, you know, like doing it over. Right. So that they, they're, they're scared that they will be like, okay, this is the way that it's going to work. I'm going to code it that way. And then backend says like, no, 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 no. I want the data in a completely different format and I need it like sent twice and, you know, whatever. And so it's totally different than, you know, the front end engineer was imagining. And, and I think that thought is very scary. But what's interesting to me is, is I think senior engineers get that that's trivial, right? Like that's, yeah. that's, that's like almost none of the work. And it's like, oh, okay. So I just, you know, I add an additional method that like transforms it to the, the one that they want. And I don't even have to touch anything else like NBD. But I think a lot of junior engineers, like that's, that's a, that's very scary. Oh yeah. And the other thing too is not only on the coding side, but yeah, let's, what you can do is you can start working on it with your own uh, like mock data, like you mentioned. And then on top of that, my favorite employees also set up a meeting with the backend team, like for five days in the future <laughs> to check in mm-hmm. to make sure like, uh, and this is, uh, I think uh, I've heard this described as managing sideways. Yeah, I used to do that all the time with the infrastructure DevOps team at uh, System One. I became like their best friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the stuff I was able to push through because I was just friendly with the other team was like, <laughs> my, coworker, my coworkers would say things like, oh, like we can never get anything approved by DevOps, blah, 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 blah. Mm, yeah. And I would just like take them out for drinks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like you know if you want if you want someone to do something for you uh one of the best ways is have them like you like if someone like really you know doesn't know you or doesn't like worse if they don't like you it's very hard to get them to do anything um Mm -hmm. and if somebody likes you uh you know they usually go out of their way to to get you what they want you know what you want within within reason and kind of what you were saying too is like if you if you get known for being being the person that can work with other groups other teams other departments um you you are going to wind up if you want it in in a tech lead position very quickly um you know i think i think there's there's often a mistake thinking that like okay if i if i act like the best engineer, mid-level engineer, I'm going to get promoted to senior engineer. If I act like the best senior engineer, I'm going to get promoted to tech lead. But no, if you act like a really good tech lead, you'll get promoted to a tech lead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? And so there's there's a little bit of you gotta you gotta ha- you gotta demonstrate those those behaviors like before before you'll get promoted a lot of the time. Um yeah. James, so we're actually coming up on time. I I had such a good time. I feel like it came up came up on us quickly. So uh, this has been great. Where can people find out more about you online? So best place is LinkedIn. My LinkedIn name is James Hush. 
Um, I also have a YouTube channel. <laughs> it only has a couple dozen subscribers at the moment. So that'll I change. Don't have a, that'll change. That'll change yeah. right after yeah. this podcast. <laughs> uh, but Jane Touch on YouTube. I've been posting more, uh, more career related. I'm getting ready to post more career career like tech stuff on there soon. Oh, awesome! Uh, and then also just my adventures in Taiwan, mm. <laughs> like like uh, some things I've learned there. So LinkedIn, YouTube, and also Remo is hiring. I'm actively hiring four engineers a month for the next year. There you um, go. So please reach out to me. LinkedIn is the best way to send me a direct message uh, on that. We're hiring TypeScript and React uh, engineers mostly. But honestly, if you're <laughs> if you <laughs> if you're good at doing stuff, <laughs> you get, if you get stuff done, yeah, you, you can make done, things that users like. That. Yeah. 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 Awesome. We'll put all of that in the the show notes. Uh, make it easy. Make it easy for people. Uh, perfect. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, thanks, David. All right, folks. That's it for today. I'm David Gutman, and I hope you join me again next time for Junior to Senior. Recruiting at tech events can be one of the best ways to find and hire senior software engineers. Unfortunately, it's easy to make simple mistakes and wind up with no leads. Grab my free 12-point recruiting checklist to maximize your sponsorship investment at superstruct.tech slash event recruiting checklist.